1: go episode 704 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. So this is a Tuesday that's more like a Thursday, if in fact you're off on Thursday and Friday. But for the commanders, this is a Tuesday that's more like a Friday because their next game is on Thursday instead of the usual Sunday. Does that make sense? I'm not sure. Hello and welcome to, to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. The much-hyped matchup on Monday Night Football did not live up to the hype in terms of game quality, due largely to rain and win, but the uh, Super Bowl 57 rematch did result in a close game. Philadelphia Eagles 21, Kansas City Chiefs 17. Uh, the Eagles for this regular season now are in NFL best 9-1. and uh, the commanders, of course, are 4-7, and seven, including 0-4 in the NFC East, their next NFC East game is on Thursday. Uh, Manders at the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday afternoon, Thanksgiving at 4.30. Coming up on the show, Commander's head coach, Ron Rivera. Yes, he still is (laughs) the Commander's head coach. Uh, He talks at length about potentially being fired. Uh, During Ron's day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon of the 31-19 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon, had Ron getting asked a Ton about his situation, i.e., the extreme likelihood that he is going to get fired, maybe as soon as this week. Now, Ron handled the questions well, but this was an unusual press conference with the guy answering the questions being asked so much about the fact that he may soon not have a job for which he is answering questions. Uh, Ron also, during the presser, continued to hammer a certain theme. The theme of growth and development.
2: Growth and development?
1: Yes, Ron. Growth and development. Uh, this is season number four for Ron as Washington head coach, but he wants you to know that the team is growing and developing.
2: Growth and development?
1: That's right. Growth and development. Hey, maybe by season number 10, uh, we'll have a winning team. So next segment, a lot on what's going on with Ron. And then after that, I have a uh, variety of other commanders items from the loss to the Giants that I want to get into with you, including something about quarterback Sam Howell's spectacular touchdown run, uh, the play of the commander's offensive line, the chestiness of the Giants after the game, and a stunning fact, about receiver Terry McLaurin. Uh, Also on the show, I'll discuss a crazy game for the Wizards on Monday night, a 142-129 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks at Capital One Arena in a game in which the Wizards overcame a 14-point second-quarter deficit and held a 1-point fourth-quarter lead. But... That allowed the Bucks to go on a 35-16 run. Uh, you could say that the Wizards on Monday night had some problems, had some trouble with the Greek freak Giannis Adetokounmpo. He in just 33 minutes, 54 seconds as a starter had 42 points. 13 rebounds including 6 offensive boards and 8 assists versus 5 turnovers. Uh, and I'll we'll talk Virginia basketball a bad Monday evening for the Cavaliers. They hours after coming in at number 24 in the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll got blasted by Wisconsin at 65-41 in Fort Myers, Florida in the 2023 Fort Myers tip off. Uh, you can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of venting on the commanders off their loss to the Giants. Email from Kendall. Writes Kendall, I'm so tired of this darn team. It doesn't matter what regime is in office. The team makes me angry. For the last 20 plus years, it seems like every game there is an announcer who says, This is the first time this year, or This has never happened. It all happens against this darn team. You know what I'm talking about? Why? My anxiety is at its limits. Okay, my venting is over. Keep up the good work, Big L. Uh, thank you, Kendall. I hear you, my friend. Uh, as Fraser Crane <laughs> used to say, I'm listening. I'm here for you. Uh, Email from Gene in Manassas, Virginia writes, Gene, congrats on going over 700. It seems not a day over 300. (laughs) As I watched another Commander's game wither into oblivion, I couldn't put my finger on the problem. The scheme seemed good. The players seemed skilled. It came down to one word for me, tougher. The Giants seemed tougher than the Commanders, stronger on holding onto the ball, better at knocking the ball away from us, just tougher. At this point, I'd rather save our vets for next year, play the kids, see what they can do, then hand over better draft capital to the next administration. Uh, thank you for the email, Gene. We'll know this, uh, the Commanders right now would have the number seven overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Uh, (laughs) I hate that we're talking about that and we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. uh, But this brutally disappointing season for the team could result in it having a top 10, maybe even a top five pick in the 2024 draft. And There is a lot of good that could be done with that pick if the right people are making that pick or at least utilizing that pick because you could always trade down, right? Or trade up. Uh, But, you know, you have this and you also have, remember, the Commanders having the Chicago Bears' 2024 second round pick via the trade of edge defender Montez Sweat and the Commanders have a 2024 third round compensatory pick from the San Francisco 49ers via the trade of edge defender Chase Young. Email from Philip C., the Ph.D., writes Philip, Perhaps the Durs misread the schedule and thought that last week was the bye week. Sorry, I'm grasping for some rational explanation for why this team was so utterly and so thoroughly unprepared to play NFL football. And yes, I know all of the rational arguments for why the new owners should wait until the season is over before dismissing Ron and friends. But let's face it, the riverboat has burned and the steaming Hulk has sunk into the abyss. This season has devolved to such a low point, to such a nadir that maintaining the coaching status quo has become a reductio ad absurdum. This short week will be over by the time the Thanksgiving leftovers are being placed in the fridge. Perhaps that will be a good time to finally place this coaching staff on ice. Uh, thank you for the email, Philip. Well, Philip dropping some Latin on us. Uh, I do think that the commanders getting smashed at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving could result in uh, Ron Rivera getting fired that night or early Friday morning. It would not be the first time that a Washington, D.C. head coach got fired on Thanksgiving. The Capitals fired Glenn Hanlon as head coach on Thanksgiving. 2007, prompting one of my all-time favorite lines in D.C. sports. The man running Caps hockey operations at the time was George McPhee, a.k.a. GM GM, as in General Manager George McPhee. Uh, he also was known as the Undertaker due to his solemn, stoic way of speaking. Well, McPhee, when asked about firing Glenn Hanlon on Thanksgiving, said in McPhee's Undertaker-like way, Glenn's Canadian he doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. (laughs) A classic line from The Undertaker. Uh, Well, getting fired on Thanksgiving is no fun, just like dealing with insurance. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., put BMC insurance to work for you regarding insurance for your employees. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. Uh, These plans include group health, dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com and you'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan, a loyal listener of this podcast. Make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people like Matt Brooks who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you, the employer. You see... BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and off the employer so that the employee and the employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link and BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work for you. Go to insurancebmc.com, talk to Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent ya. That's insurancebmc.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent ya. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. So, Ron Rivera is not getting fired as Commander's Head Coach prior to their game at the Dallas Cowboys this Thursday afternoon, Thanksgiving at 4.30. That much now is clear. Uh, not that Ron getting fired in the middle of a short week was expected, but you could not dismiss the possibility of what happened on Sunday afternoon. The 31-19 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field, dropping our commanders in this 2023 regular season to 4-7 and seven with a point differential of minus 69. But of course, Ron not getting fired after this latest loss to the Giants does not mean that he will not get fired this week. Uh, I do think that the managing partner of the commanders, Josh Harris, the head of the Josh Harris group, or as some call it, The hog, (laughs) as in Harris Ownership Group, H-O-G, hog. I do think that Josh Harris could fire Ron Rivera on Thursday night slash Friday morning if the Commanders get smashed at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I mean, what if what happened to Washington at the Cowboys in 2021 is what happens this Thursday? December 26th, 2021, the night after Christmas, one of the worst losses in Washington history, a 56 14 loss at the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. If something like that happens on Thanksgiving, yeah, I could see Josh Harris firing Rod Rivera on Thursday night slash Friday morning. Uh, We on Monday afternoon had the day after the game press conference for Rod Rivera. Included in the presser was this exchange between Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post and Ron.
3: I'm just curious, did, did you have any conversation with ownership after a game like that? Or does that, is, is that, tip, if you did, is it typical to have conversations with them just to update them on where things stand?
2: Um, I will, but I haven't yet. Um, but yeah, it's th- th- something that does happen eventually, whether it's a day, two days, or three days to go past. Um, this is a short week, and, and we'll see what happens.
1: You wonder if this was not a short week, would Rod Rivera still be? the Commanders head coach. Heck, if the Josh Harris group had completed its purchase of the Commanders on January 21st instead of July 21st, would Ron still be the Commanders head coach? Uh, Never forget Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton. He this past February 10th revealed that potential Commanders ownership groups had contacted him about possibly becoming the team's head coach. He said this on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM. Now, It has never been confirmed that one of those ownership groups uh, was the Josh Harris group, was the Hog. But, I mean, there never were that many potential commanders' ownership groups. So I don't think it's that far-fetched to think that the Josh Harris group was one of the potential commanders' ownership groups that contacted Sean Payton about possibly becoming the commander's head coach. Uh, But here we are with Ron Rivera. Uh, His commanders have lost seven of their last nine games. Uh, His overall regular season record as Washington head coach is 26-34-1. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on where he goes from here.
2: No, I just stick with the one one game at a time mentality. You know, the biggest thing I can control is is, is every day. That's it. After that, the future I can't tell you what the future is going to be, but I can tell you that uh, today we came in, uh, we had a good meeting, and now we're getting started with uh, the uh, the installation meetings, and then we'll have an installation walkthrough uh, in about an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, Ron Rivera uh, uh, whistling past the graveyard. Uh, but hey, what else is he supposed to say? You know, everyone knows the deal at this point. Ron is fired coach coaching. You've heard of dead man walking. Ron is fired coach coaching. We, on Monday afternoon, had this exchange between Scott Abraham, sports anchor for 7 News DC, and Ron Rivera.
4: You know, aside from X's and O's, I think most people that follow this team, fans of the team, cover the team, know you care. Know that you're a competitor. You wanted to build this into a consistent winner, this yep. franchise. You're facing some adversity. It may not be happening right now. How are you kind of like handling that, processing that emotionally?
2: Because the truth of the matter is, Scott, I can only control what I can. And as long as things that are that, that we want to be going in the right direction seem to be doing that, that's a positive. What happens from, from, from beyond today, what happens from beyond the end of the season, that, that's not in my control. So everything I'm going to do is just focusing on today. I mean, the now and, 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 and present, that's the only thing I have. And that's what I'll do. I'm trying to get that across to the players as well. I, I can't focus on what I, I can't control. I can only control what's going on right now with this football team uh, this day
1: and that is the right attitude. You know, there is something else that needs to be acknowledged here, and this is not something that gets talked about a lot, but when Ron Rivera was hired as Redskins head coach on New Year's Day 2020, the belief is that he got a five-year contract. A five-year contract would be for the 2020 through 2024 seasons. Ron would appear to be under contract for next season. So, if Josh Harris fires Ron during or right after this season, Josh will owe Ron his money for next season. And while what exactly Ron makes has never been formally reported, I have heard that Ron makes between $7 million and $8 million per year. Yeah, <laughs> Don Ron is making between $7 milli and $8 million per year. At least that is what I have heard. So bottom line, Ron is getting his money. Okay, like whatever happens with him moving forward as commander said, coach, Ron is getting his money. Ron is getting his bag. Ron is getting that paper (laughs) no matter what. And this is part of why you don't need to be shedding any tears for Ron Rivera. He has gotten paid very well. He has a wealth that most people can only dream of. And good for him. I don't begrudge him that. Uh, But just keep the uh, financial aspect of the situation in mind. here was another exchange between Scott Abraham and Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. You know,
4: with you know, the storyline kind of surrounding you and the, the, what's going to happen to you going forward? How do you like, shelter that f- from the players and try and kind of just focus on, on the Cowboys?
2: Um, because that's what I try to do. I try to focus on the Cowboys um, and just take it one day at a time. I mean, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is I'm more concerned about them. I'm more concerned about the coaches than I'm about anything else. Um, I've been through this before. I understand what it takes. I understand what you have to deal with. I understand what your responsibilities are. That's the beauty of this is I've been through it. So what I try to do is just focus in on what's important today, and that's really just preparing to get ready for, uh, for Dallas.
1: Well, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon was in a much better mood than he was during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon. Uh, understandably so. Uh, that loss to the Giants on Sunday afternoon was hideous. Here was Ron on Monday afternoon on being so down during that postgame presser on Sunday afternoon.
2: More than anything else, my, my disappointment really wasn't with the guys as much. It was for the guys. There, there was a good opportunity in front of us. We had some chances that we didn't take advantage of, and. That's kind of what I got out of watching the tape. You know, we had some, some younger guys that got to understand what it takes and, and what they have to do and what their responsibilities are. But, um, you know, it really clarified a lot of it this morning when I, when I finished watching this tape early. And now that, uh, you know, we've done that, I've you know, for the most part, getting ready to move on to Dallas.
1: Yeah, I thought that that was actually a good line by Ron Rivera early in that cut. Quote, My disappointment really wasn't with the guys as much as it was for the guys. End quote. Uh, but Ron emphasizing younger players making mistakes. Uh, this was a theme of the Ron Rivera Day After the Game press conference on Monday afternoon. And while it isn't wrong to say that the commanders in the loss to the Giants had younger players making mistakes, the subcommunication of that coming from Ron is clear Hey, we're a young team, we are growing and developing. That's why we're losing right now, be patient. And of course, the truth is that there's a lot more than just this being a young and growing and developing team. This is season number four for Ron Rivera as Washington head coach in a coach-centric approach. More from Ron on Monday afternoon on younger players in the loss to the Giants making mistakes. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider, Ben Standing of The Athletic.
2: The biggest thing that's happening right now is we have got some young guys. who got to understand what their responsibilities are, what their roles are, and then again, go out and let's, ex- let's execute it. Um, but again, we also got to make sure you know we're doing some things that give these guys an opportunity to be successful.
3: So not anything specific jump out of you on the tape? Uh,
2: well, we had a couple guys that didn't do the things that they needed to do. It, that they've been coached to do, and you know they, they just got to understand that That's my that's my responsibility.
1: Yes, it is. Head coach in a coach-centric approach. Uh, We on Monday afternoon then had this back and forth between Ben Standig and Rod Rivera.
3: Um, You have said in the past that when you're making decisions for this organization, with the roster and otherwise, that you're going to do what's best for the organization. Um, How does that factor in with six games to go and kind of where you guys are in terms of uh, the playoffs slash looking towards the future?
2: Well, the biggest thing more than anything else is we've got to play them one at a time and see what happens and see how it unfolds. Um, if you're implying that, am I looking to the future as far as draft? No. Am I looking at the into the future as far as we play on Sunday against Dallas? Yes, we are getting ready to play Dallas. That's all I can tell you, Ben. Even
3: some of the younger guys I are mean, like, getting more reps, or obviously a lot of them are playing anyway. But. Right,
2: that's exactly your, the point. There's a lot of them are playing anyways right now. So we'll continue to we'll continue doing that and see how it develops and grows. I mean, like, if you really want to talk about some guys that played well yesterday, got a kudos to KJ Henry. Got an opportunity to come out. He played very well. He, he rushed the passer. He played the run. Uh, did a couple of real smart things that really stood out to us as, as, as coaches and just really thought, here's a young guy that's took, taking advantage of his, uh, of his chances to get on the football field and play.
1: Yeah, edge defender K.J. Henry, he did play well on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Henry played on 67% of the commander's defensive snaps. He was credited with one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits, a tackle for loss, and two pass defenses. He, for the game, was the fifth highest graded qualified commander's defensive player per pro football focus. Overall grade of 78.3. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. But regarding playing for the future... Uh, Look, what is in the best interest of the Commanders the rest of this regular season is one of two scenarios. Quarterback Sam Howell plays well and the team wins out, (laughs) or Sam Howell plays well and the team loses out. What I want more than anything the rest of this Commanders season is Sam Howell playing well and truly establishing himself as the QB1 going forward. But specific to team results, if the team wins out, and we know that that's not happening, but humor me, if the team wins out, then that means going from four and seven to 10 and seven and likely a playoff spot. If the team loses out, then that means going from four and seven to four and 13. Uh, And the commanders are looking at a likely top five pick in the 2024 NFL draft. But either way, I want Sam Howell playing well. And this is how Josh Harris should be thinking. The middle is a road to nowhere. Josh should want the team to either win all six remaining games in this regular season or lose all six remaining games in this regular season. But going back to younger commanders players making mistakes, we on Monday afternoon had this exchange between Scott Abraham and Ron Rivera. You've used the word culture yep.
4: a few times over the last couple of weeks. And I think there's a disconnect with the fan base of they think of culture based on winning. Winning. Yep. And can you kind of explain that of like what, how do you define a good culture?
2: Okay, and again, this is how I look at it. Yeah. Okay, and that is guys learn to do things the right way. Okay, and then they go out and do it. And that's what we're trying to work on. That's what we're trying to get across. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go ahead and get it to the point where we can be consistent with everything we do. Are there some things that are missing right now? Yes, but we're working to get those things corrected. We're working to get those things right. At the end of the day, it, it, it's, it's about what happens each day and then forward. So what happens today, okay, we'll be judged on. What happens tomorrow, we'll be judged on.
1: The word culture, it is a loaded word with Washington because culture uh, could refer to the workplace misconduct scandal. Uh, culture could refer to the many other, off. Oh, the field mishaps with our football team. But yeah, culture from a football standpoint is about winning and losing. And what is so painful about this commander season is that it is showing us with the uh, flashing neon lights that the culture from a football standpoint isn't good. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon was asked if his players have the right mindset to fix their persistent mistakes. Uh, you'll hear his answer to that and then you'll hear a uh, follow-up back and forth with Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of The Washington Post.
2: I think they do. Um, you know, there, there's some maturing that we have to do as, as an organization, as a team, um, as individuals. And, and as we grow and learn, um, hopefully we can learn not to do those things and make those mistakes again. Take two more. What are you looking for in terms of that maturity? Consistency. Consistency. Then understanding what's important. You know what I'm saying? Um, to me, it's, it's not about... You know, you make a play and you celebrate that play. If it's, a, if it's something that's dynamic and huge and big, yes, you know, a 70-yard run for a touchdown, a huge interception, you know, those things to me are more important than doing what you should do. And so understanding the difference between that, I think, is, is big. I, I really do um, because it's about staying focused and being focused each and every time. And that, to me, is, uh, is, 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 is where the consistency comes. Is you, you, you can't let your mind wander. You can't lose your focus on what the task is. It's not to win the play. It's to win the game. Is that something you address with players directly, or do you have their position coaches talk to them, or,
1: or how are you handling that?
2: It's a little bit of both. A little bit of both.
1: You know, hearing Ron Rivera talk about commanders players celebrating routine plays I could not help but think about corner Emanuel Forbes Jr. Uh, he celebrates after every play that he makes. Now, personally, I'm not bothered by that. I mean, a corner has to be cocky. If Forbes celebrating after every pass defense or after every just like good instance of coverage uh, is how he gets and stays in his zone uh, and plays well, then so be it. I mean, it doesn't really bother me. Uh, but <laughs> Forbes was the first guy who I thought of uh, when I heard... Ron say that. Uh, One more for you from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. He was asked for his message to you, the commander's fan. Here was Ron's message. And no, it was not the double middle finger. (laughs) No, here was Ron's message to you, the commander's fan.
2: Well, you know, the, the worst part about it, more so anything else, is that we're all frustrated. We're all trying to get this thing corrected. We're all trying to do the best we can. We're all trying to grow and develop. And that's all I'll say. I mean, the biggest thing we can do, more so anything else, is, hey, we're going to come out and we're going to give our best effort. You know, yesterday wasn't as good an effort. Why? Because we had some mistakes. We turned the ball over six times. We allowed some explosives. Um, that's the thing that's disappointing. Uh, uh, was it as bad as it looked on film in terms of growth and development? Um Not necessarily. There were some areas that were really good. I talked about KJ Henry. Um, There are some really good things that Sam did. Unfortunately, uh, you know, there are a couple of things that that didn't allow him to be as successful as he had been in the past. Um, But he's going to learn from those. I promise you that much. And, um, you know, we had some young guys that made some mistakes as well. Those young guys will learn from those mistakes. They'll grow and they'll become better.
1: And if you were paying close attention to what Rod Rivera said right there, Uh, He not once but twice used some version of the phrase growth and development. Growth and development. Growth and development.
2: Growth and development?
1: (laughs) Yes, growth and development. Uh, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon was pounding that drum. Ron on Monday afternoon couldn't really pound the Sam Howell drum because Sam in the loss to the Giants did not have a good game. And so Ron on Monday afternoon pounded the growth and development drum. Ron on Monday afternoon, instead of playing the Sam Howell card, uh, played the growth and development card.
2: Growth and development?
1: <laughs> yes, Ron. Growth and development. We got you. Season number four for you as Washington head coach, but we still are talking growth And develop it. If only Ron Rivera, as Washington head coach, won as much as the law firm of Paulson and Nace wins for its clients. Paulson and Nace has won millions of dollars for clients, and was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. Paulson & Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. If you have a case, contact Paulson & Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson & Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her Work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. Attorneys Chris Nace and Matt Nace, they are experienced trial attorneys who are not afraid to take cases to trials. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call. Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent ya. you. can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent ya. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. More now on the Commanders. We uh, move away from the head coach, some uh, non-Ron Rivera stuff on the Commanders off their 31-19 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. And with the game at the Dallas Cowboys this Thursday afternoon, Thanksgiving at 4.30. The Commanders and Cowboys on Monday afternoon did put out injury reports, but the reports were based on estimations since neither team conducted a true practice on Monday. Here's what you need to know with the Commanders from an injury standpoint from Monday. Linebacker Cody Barton may be coming back and head defender F.A. Obata is done for the season. Uh, The Commanders on Monday morning announced that they had opened the 21-day practice window for Cody Barton. He has been on the reserve injured list since October 28th due to a high ankle sprain that he suffered in the 14-7 loss at the Giants in Week 7. But F.A. Obata's season is over. The Commanders on Monday afternoon placed him on the reserve injured list. He and the loss to the Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon played on just one of the commanders' defensive snaps. He on the opening drive of the game suffered a fractured right leg. Uh, he got carted off the field. He on Sunday night underwent surgery to repair his fractured right leg. You know, the commanders are hurting at Edge Defender right now. The team, of course, traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young. James Smith Williams on Sunday afternoon was inactive due to a hamstring injury. And now F.A. Obata is done for the season. Uh, Ron Rivera, during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, did not get asked a single question about quarterback Sam Howell. I can't remember the last time that there was a Ron Rivera presser at which he was not asked about Sam. I don't know that there has been a Ron Rivera presser at which he has not been asked about Sam uh, since we this past January learned that Ron was positioning Sam to be the commander's QB1 for this season. Uh, Sam of the loss to the Giants on Sunday afternoon did not have a good game. He was not the commander's biggest problem, but this was not Sam at his best. He for the game had an overall grade for pro football focus of just 53.9. I did want to note this regarding Sam's touchdown run. So Sam, of course, had that great second quarter touchdown run. On a second and goal for the commanders at the seven, Sam had a seven-yard shotgun scramble touchdown run on which he ran through an attempted tackle by edge defender Aziz Ojulari, spun through an attempted tackle by linebacker Micah McFadden, and then took a double shot by safety Xavier McKinney and linebacker Bobby Okereke. But Sam, through all of this, broke the plane for a touchdown. Now, Play continued, and Sam then got shoved to the ground out of bounds by McKinney, prompting a scuffle on the sideline and uh, prompting Sam to uh, stay on the ground for a few seconds. Uh, we had penalties on the play, right, offsetting disqualification penalties of receiver Curtis Samuel and corner Cordell Flott. Uh, and then kicker Joey Sly missed the ensuing extra point attempt as the kick was wide right. Uh, Sam, after that touchdown run, was evaluated for a concussion what was cleared to return. But I, like I'm sure many of you have rewatched that play multiple times. Uh, The officials did not do a good job of whistling the play dead. Like as soon as it was ruled that Sam broke the plane for the touchdown, whistles should have been blowing like crazy and play should have been halted. Uh, Play continuing as it did was dangerous and resulted in unnecessary punishment for Sam. You know, God forbid he did suffer. A concussion on that play. I get that that was a tough play to officiate, but I did not think that that was a particularly well officiated play. Uh, Sam Howell in the game was pressured a ton. Uh, Some rough games for Commanders offensive lineman center Tyler Larson for the game had an overall grade for PFF of just 48.4. Left guard Chris Paul for the game had an overall grade for PFF of just 46.7. Left tackle Charles Leno Jr. for the game had an overall grade per PFF of just 63.2. He had all kinds of problems with edge defender Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Thibodeau was credited with two sacks, three quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, and a pass defense. Thibodeau, per the NFL's next-gen stats, generated eight pressures and two sacks in 35 pass-rushing matchups against Leno. Uh, And Thibodeau uh, said some stuff. Uh, during his postgame session with reporters, Thibodeau during his postgame session with reporters relayed an exchange that he had with Leno. Thibodeau said that he before halftime told Leno, thank you. Uh, Leno responded, for what? And then Thibodeau said, for giving me 10 sacks later today. Uh, Thibodeau's two sacks gave him 10 and a half sacks for this regular season, making him the first player with at least 10 sacks in a regular season for an NFL defense coordinated by Don Wink Martindale, uh, and we had that penalty by Leno. Leno, on the commander's 12th offensive drive, committed a costly penalty. Uh, The drive resulted in Sam Howell's late fourth quarter, 54-yard pick six to safety slash linebacker Isaiah Simmons. The eighth snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Giants 43. Leno committed a five-yard false start penalty, uh, prompting Ron Rivera to burn the commander's third and final second half timeout in order to avoid the 10-second runoff generated. Wow, the penalty. But going back to what Kayvon Thibodeau said after the game, boy, were the Giants chesty after this game. Did you see what Giants corner in Maryland product Deontay Banks did? Uh, the Giants took Banks with the number 24 overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. The Commanders did not take Banks with their number 16 overall pick in the 2023 draft. They, of course, took corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. Well, Banks said the following on IG Live after the game. Quote, could have came and got me at 16, and they didn't. Now I'm 2 and 0 against you bum ass boys. F the commanders, end quote. And uh, old Deontay did not say F, he actually said the word. How about that? How about that from Deontay Banks feeling himself <laughs> on IG Live after the game? Uh, Look, I went to Maryland, okay? But Deontay Banks is not having some great season. He came into this game with a 43.9 overall grade for pro football focus for this regular season, and he per PFF came into the game having given up 393 receiving yards over the previous four weeks, the most receiving yards allowed in the NFL During that span, Andy came into the game having committed eight penalties this regular season, three defensive pass interference penalties, three illegal contact penalties, and two defensive holding penalties. Uh, Deontay Banks might want to calm down, okay? (laughs) I mean, geez, F the Commanders. Uh, Wow. Uh, And then also from this loss to the Giants, uh, receiver Terry McLaurin. Terry had five receptions for 43 yards on seven targets and playing on 80% of the commander's offensive snaps. The commander's receiver having the most disappointing season is Jahan Dodson, although he did have a touchdown reception on Sunday afternoon. But do you know that Terry McLaurin has not had more than 90 receiving yards in a regular season game since the 20-all tie at the Giants on December 4th, 2022? Yeah, it has been nearly a calendar year since Terry had more than 90 receiving yards in a regular season game. This is such a strange season with Commander's pass catchers. We have Sam Howell throwing a ton of passes. He has piled up a lot of passing yards. But both of the team's top two receivers, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson, are having underwhelming seasons to varying degrees. I mean, Terry is on pace for close to a 1,000 receiving yards this regular season. But he has yet to have a truly big game this season. Again, he has not had more than 90 receiving yards in a regular season game since December 4th of last year. Uh, a good nugget to know if you are a fantasy football player. Uh, underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play Fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast: a deposit match of up to a hundred dollars for all new customers who sign up with the promo code Galdi, my last name G A L D I. Galdi. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball, daily drafts, and pick'em. Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app Hey, we all love the NFL and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking players for your fantasy team. Only with Little Caesars pizza, you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game, Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. a wild game for the wizards on monday night they did ultimately lose they fell to 2 and 11 in this nba regular season with a 142-129 loss to the milwaukee bucks at capital one arena on monday night but this was the loudest that Capital One Arena has been for a Wizards game so far this season. This was an actual real-life competitive game <laughs> for our tanking Wizards. Uh, they overcame a 14-point second-quarter deficit, held a one-point quarter lead at 108-107, uh, but they then allowed the Bucks to go on a 35-16 run for an 18-point lead at 142-124. The Wizards' defense, again, uh, was terrible. They allowed the Bucks to score 142 points. The Wizards allowed the Bucks to go 11 of 29 on threes and 44 of 65 on twos. The Wizards got ripped by the Greek freak Giannis Uh He in just 33 minutes, 54 seconds as a starter had 42 points. 13 rebounds, including six offensive boards and eight assists. He did commit five turnovers, did go just two of six on free throws. But Giannis went 20 of 23 from the field all twos. The Wizards on Monday night got violated by the Greek freak in the paint. He's an elite player, obviously. He can do that. Uh, also, the Wizards, again, got dominated on the boards. What is happening with the Wizards in terms of rebounding has become like comical. Every game, staggering rebounding discrepancies. The Wizards on Monday night got out-rebounded by the Bucks. 55-26. So the Bucks had more than twice as many rebounds as the Wizards had. Uh, the Wizards had just five offensive rebounds to the Bucks' 16, and thus just nine second chance points to the Bucks' 27. But the Wizards' offense on Monday night was great. Uh, the Wizards scored 129 points. The Wizards went 10 of 29 on threes. The Wizards scored a whopping 84 points in the paint. The Wiz went 42 of 61 in the paint. And get this, the Wizards finished with 29 assists versus just four turnovers. That is an outstanding assist to turnover ratio for a team in an NBA game, 29 to four. The negative with the Wizards offense was that they had just 11 free throw attempts to the Bucks 28. But Jordan Poole finally uh, was a meaningful contributor offensively. Wasn't great as a shooter, but he scored 30 points. He had 32 minutes, 42 seconds as a starter. Went 3-9 three on threes, 8-17 on twos, and 5-5 five of five on free throws. Finished with the 30 points. Uh, his defense is another story. Uh, Poole for the game had a plus-minus rating of minus 26. Uh, a terrific game for Kyle Kuzma. He in 30 minutes, 58 seconds as a starter, went 2-5 of five on threes and 8-10 of 10 on twos. Now, he did not have a single free throw attempt, but he finished with 22 points, 13 assists versus two turnovers, three rebounds, and two steals. And Kuzma for the game had a plus-minus rating of plus three. Uh, next up for the Wizards at the Charlotte Hornets, Wednesday night at 7. Well, the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll in men's college basketball came out on Monday afternoon. Virginia checked in at number 24, but the Cavaliers then got blown out on Monday evening. They fell to 4-1 and this season with a 65-41 loss to Wisconsin in Fort Myers, Florida in the 2023 Fort Myers tip-off. Uh, ugly game for the Wahoos. They never held a lead. They trailed by as many as 20 Four points. The Cavs got shredded on the glass. They got out-rebounded by Wisconsin. 48-21. The Hoos had just three offensive rebounds to Wisconsin's 20, although the discrepancy in second-chance points only ended up being 12-5. That was surprising, but two Wisconsin starters, 7-foot Stephen Crowell and 6-9 Tyler Wall, uh, they combined for 20 rebounds, including 11 offensive boards. Uh, also, the Cavs did not shoot well. Uh, they went just 4 of 14 on threes and just 11 of 32 on twos. Wisconsin is what you expect. A big, tough, physical Big Ten team. And the uh, Badgers had their way with UVA, which is not a big team. Uh, the Who's lack size. Here was Cavs head coach Tony Bennett during his post-game press conference on Monday night on the Badgers, whose head coach is Greg Gard.
0: They're they're physical. That's you know they're two front court players. They just they play physical. That's you know it's a it's a Big Ten team, and um, you know we're not the tallest or the thickest really, uh, and so that was the most physical team we've played up to this point. And um, you know when we played Florida, we got hurt on the offensive glass too. They weren't quite as uh, mature as as this team, but you can see the continuity. I mean that team could have been an NCAA tournament team last year. Went to the. Uh, Final Four of the NIT, and they brought most of their guys back. Added some nice pieces, and uh, I think Greg's got a. I think he's got a real nice squad. I, I, I can see that, and they know how to play, and the, that experience showed.
1: Yes, it did. Uh, a bright spot for the Hoos on Monday night was Reese Beekman. Uh, he, in 34 minutes, five seconds as a starter, went two of three on threes, four and nine on twos, and three of three on free throws. He finished with 17 points, seven assists versus two turnovers, four rebounds, and two steals. Uh, next up for Virginia, a game against West Virginia in Fort Myers, Wednesday evening at 6. And that will do it. For you and me for now, keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on x at AlGaldi. You can email me, the AlGaldi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday's show, episode 705 will include a lot for you on the Commanders in this uh, ultra-short game week for them, with them having a game at the Dallas Cowboys this Thursday afternoon, Thanksgiving at 4.30. Also on Wednesday's show, I'll talk college basketball. Maryland is home to UMBC Tuesday night at 7. James Madison on Tuesday evening has the first of two games in Riviera. Sierra Maya, Mexico, was part of the 2023 Cancun Challenge, JMU versus Southern Illinois in Mexico, Tuesday evening at 6. By the way, the Dukes, uh, they are number 22 in the Associated Press Top 25 poll that came out on Monday afternoon. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday.
2: Growth and development.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.